Secure your Victory Club Half membership now for the 2022-23 season. Receive tickets to 20 Stars home games, plus exclusive perks, great flexibility, and big savings. Learn more at DallasStars.com slash Victory Club. Welcome to the Podman Rush, the official podcast of the Dallas Stars. Here's your host, Daryl Razor Ray. Hey, hey, Stars Nation. Here we go. The new season begins in earnest this week. All the hope, all the promise, all the belief. And just remember what Epictetus told us. Epictetus told us way back when, don't seek for everything to happen as you wish it would, but rather wish that everything happens as it actually will. Then your life will flow well. And as the star's resident stoic, the big Daryl Stottle, I like to shout out fellow stoics and so, may I introduce to you Hykagoras, the truth seeker. Howdy, folks. How are you, Hykagoras? I'm doing great. <laughs> I do seek the truth. Yeah, I know you do. And truth be told, I actually wanted this to be an NFL pregame show sized extravaganza. Uh, but unfortunately, we, we only have two microphones. <laughs> we couldn't so, get the five man. No, we, no. <laughs> we can't have a bunch of dudes in suits with runners on on a fake football field, uh, all weighing in like that. But it, it would, you know, you'd like to have a bigger tent and a few more people weighing in. So at least for this week, they're going to have to put up with just you and me. Um, so let's go, Hykagoras. What, okay. what did the preseason say, and what do preseason records mean? A- answer that for me if you, if you can, succinctly and truthfully. Uh, succinctly, uh, on Saturday I didn't like the preseason, but then uh, just in giving it a couple of days to digest, it, it, it is what it is. And you just have to appreciate that a new coaching staff was installing a new system. And there were some issues at times, but uh, they should be better off for it. The, the records themselves mean what to you? Anything? I think, they, I think they actually do. I mean, the fact, the simple fact that St. Louis looked good, Minnesota looked good, Nashville looked good, it's a little bit scary. Um, because one, I think they're hungry, and two, I think they know how to play their brand of hockey. They have yeah. their identity, and they're comfortable with their identity. And so if you were guessing, you'd say that those three teams might get off to a fast start, and a fast start could be kind of important in a very tight division. See, I, I don't believe in, in the preseason to a certain degree. Because we've seen it too many times where a team will just look like a world beater in the preseason, and then they go out and fall flat and struggle and miss the playoffs. Uh, And there's countless examples of just that. And then there's the other thing where a team looks like, man, and usually is it not the veteran team that that has actually accomplished a little bit and there's a lot of uninterested 
Maybe they're not playing guys, whatever it is. And their records look dismal. And then the real season hits and they push go and they're world beaters again. So, you know, it's well here. So look at these records and and let's parse them a little bit, if you will. Indulge me. So Florida, who were the president trophy winners last year, scored, they were the first team in like 50 years to average four goals a game. That's a lie. That's not a truth, but you get my point. They went two and four, and they only scored 14 goals. They were the greatest offense in the league last year. They scored 14 goals in six games. No, they lost Mason Marchment. What else do they have going on down there? Uh, A couple of things. They added a couple of players. Well, let's just start with, you know what? They have a new coach. Yeah. Paul Maurice has taken over down there, trying to get the Paul Maurice stuff going with the tabbies. Boston, new coach, familiar name, Jim Montgomery. Monty! They go three and three. They only score 16 goals. It's and they were missing some guys. They're missing some guys yeah. starting the season. Yeah, I think they put McAvoy on L T I R F all the letters today, and and they don't have the little so called ball of hate. There's only one ball of hate. He's the general manager in Anaheim now, but they like to call their little Brad Marchand or Marshawn, whichever he's going by this year. Uh, he's out for a while. Detroit, what do they have going on, Mike? A new coach. They have a new. They have a new coach. How'd they do in the preseason? I don't even know. They went three and five. There you go. You know, and and the the big thing with them, you know, all these teams searching for a little more offense. They're looking to stop other teams' offense because it was a welcome mat at the Red Wing net last yes, year, previous years. Man, you want to get you want to get goals. You know, light them up. Uh, so you understand that a lot of teaching, a lot of new stuff brought in from his days with the the Tampa Bay Lightning. So there's a lot of learning going on in the preseason, and probably a lot of auditioning going on there as well. Yeah, New York Islanders. Okay, they're a bit of an outlier here. They went four and two. They have a new coach, who's also been with the old coach forever, in Lane Lambert. <laughs> so I don't know. Yes. I don't know how much new teachings went on with the Isles, but uh, they went four and two. Philadelphia, what do they have going on? Other than a bit of a dearth of talent, (laughs) they have a new coach. What did they do? They went one, four, and one. Yikes. The Vegas Golden Knights, what did they have going on this year? Hmm. A new veteran coach. New coach and probably a lot more healthier individuals than they had throughout last year to choose from during their little preseason. They went four, two and one. So, you know, four, two and one, uh, four and three, those were always the kind of records that you look in pretty good teams usually pounded those out. If, if they didn't have a lot of change, let's say in the off season, San Jose, uh, they went, okay, here you go. San Jose, the Sharks, a lot of new stuff going on there. They have Tom Holy now. Uh, they have a new general manager. They have a new head coach. 
Uh, they have different players. They they went to Europe or to the they opened up in the Czech Czechia Czech Czechia Czechia. Czechia. That's what they call it now, not the Czech Republic. Uh, so they went four and one in the preseason. Whoa! And then immediately went zero and two in the regular season. <laughs> right? You're so, saying it doesn't mean much. I'm just. I, hey, they, that might be a example for you. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. Not to beat Oof. them down because it's going to be a tough year for the old Hawks of the Windy City. They went one and five. What do they also have though? New everything. New head coach. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets. Oh, well, we know them. Okay, now they're they're one that just throws all my theories out a little bit here because Bones <laughs> went in. Bones went in there. But here, listen to me. I'll try to justify it. You know, he used to coach there, so it's not like yes. it was that new. It was just no. five decades ago. But he was he did, right there. <laughs> he did coach the Jets, but they went four one and one um, with a lot of tumult. Captain gets stripped. They had stuff going on. Um, so maybe there was a little bit of impress the, the new uh, Corvette driving teacher there, right? He is pretty cool. Yeah. Come to I our think you want to impress you want to impress the cool guys. Yeah. Yeah. Come to our, our stars. They go two and five. Uh, they, look, they, they met some pretty good goaltending on a couple of nights. They could have very easily been around 500. I think you'd probably look at it a little bit differently that way. The biggest issue was that they only scored 14 goals in the seven games they played. And, yeah. and, uh, but again, it falls into the exact same category. As some of these other teams that, you know, there was, I, I got to think there was as much teaching. And I loved uh, Pete DeBoer's answer the other day when he was asked about the preseason record and that, and, you know, not to get all processy in that or process, whichever way we want to pronounce it. Monty was big into that, but it is, it is true. And I've, I've always appreciated coaches that, that can look beyond just the wins and losses and see some good stuff coming on. Like you're starting to look like a winner before you're a winner type thing. Right. Yeah. But, but the biggest thing and was I right with this or not? I I never saw an actual printed version of it. I just grabbed it off the computer whenever it was uh, posted. The league stats for the preseason. Did you peruse those at all? I did not. Yeah, I don't do much of it in the preseason either. But I did for this purpose of our award-winning Podman Rush. That in in the standings at the beginning, usually it, they give you you know win loss, overtime, tabulation. But then they have a goals for and usually a goals against column. The, if, if I'm not mistaken, there was only a goals for column after the records. You want to talk hmm. about a league pushing offense. They Try even, dying didn't, for it. Didn't even list the goals against on the other side. <laughs> Who needs a goalie? Uh, well, you need a goalie. Nah. Yeah, you do. Yeah, They're you overrated. Do. We're going to talk about one in a little bit here. They are not overrated. They are underrated. <laughs> uh, so, 
what did we learn in all of that, Mike? Not much, I guess. No. And, you know, it's funny because uh, so Saturday, for whatever reason, was disappointing because I thought it'd be more competitive. But then all you got to do is go back to the game in Colorado and they were great. Uh, had Wedgwood played the whole game, they, they probably would have won that game. Uh, Anton came in the third period, made a couple of mistakes and they end up losing two to one. But they went into Colorado and played a really good hockey game. Yeah. So, you know, you can go one night. They were not great on another night they were pretty darn good so it's a it's you know it's like you said i mean until we get a real game going we really don't know anything it gave us 12 minutes of podcast fodder that's what it gave us <laughs> that's important <laughs> okay what has us ultra hyped with all kinds of hope and belief and what has us just a little cautionary maybe slightly worried although it's it's kind of a wasted pursuit when you're worried prior to game number one, right? So give a little bit. Give, give me three on either side if you can. All right. Uh, on the good side, uh, I think Pete DeBoer's system is what this team needs. Uh, they have skill. I think they have skilled defensemen, and they want to move the puck quickly. Um, I think this plays into the the hands of some pretty good players. I mean, the, the Tyler Sagans of the world could bounce back in a system like this. Uh, two, they have some very good young talent. And the, there's some of it obviously here, but I think there's a, a huge amount uh, knocking on the door. And so as much as it's exciting for this year, I think it could be exciting for the next three, four, five years because if they play the system the way they should – then those young, talented players have a chance to score some goals. And three, Jake, I mean, you have talked so much about it. He is the youngest number one goalie I think we've ever had in Dallas. Yep. And yet he doesn't look young. He doesn't act young. He's excited about this opportunity. Uh, and so I think those three things get you very excited about this season. Yeah, I'll best, echo – I'm sorry, Mike. I did not mean to cut you off there. No, you're fine. I can wait. Let's let's uh, have your view on the good stuff. No, it's mostly concurring with you, the okay. great Hikagoras. Uh, <laughs> you know, I I don't use system as much as I use style of play. Yeah, because you know systems are systems, and and there there are little changes, obviously, and some big changes to between you know, from team to team to team. But for the most part, it's almost a mentality and a style of play, right? Yeah. Yep. And uh, that that has me pumped because multiple reasons, but the main ones are that the style of play is is the, it's a get after you style. It's a, it says it right in the room in, in, Val, uh, in Valley Ranch, my God, are we in the <laughs> 90s, in, Fris in Frisco, where it's initiate and dictate. Initiate and dictate. Don't wait around. Don't get punched in the throat before you get going. You're the, you're the one that goes after it. You you make it happen. And and then the the idea that they want to play fast and it's been stated many many times they, they want to score more than what they have. Not completely lose sight of of the building blocks or the foundation of of a, a good defensive team, but you don't have to finish third in goals against. You can finish ninth or tenth, but you got to move from 
I don't know, wherever they were. Um, 20, 21st last year, but they've been 25th and 26th. Yeah, I don't, 20, 21st seems flattering to how they yeah. scored some way, somehow. But yeah, okay. Bottom I think that top line pretty much made them 21st. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's it's bottom of the third in the in the league. And I talked about this a couple of years ago when I, I thought they were trending toward being a more balanced team. I thought, I thought with health and, you know, maybe some young guys showing a little more and all this stuff that they would, they would be a team that you could state what I believe they will, they will be this year, which is a, a club that's top 10 on both sides of the puck, essentially you yeah. know, top, top 10 in offense, good power play, top 10 in defense, very good penalty kill. Uh, and that that just didn't manifest itself. So the the, the scoring p- potential and pursuit, the pursuit game, has me a little giddy. And like you, the next gen stars, and where they go to now, and I include the young ones that ha- have just broken in, like Robertson and and Jake. They're the they're the front men with that. But n- now you have Wyatt. You're going to have eventually Logan Stankov, and you're going to, you know, all these names that we were bantying about in in the preseason. Um, you know, even a guy like like uh, Jacob uh, Peterson, you know, like they're, they're still young. They're they're still yeah. in their infancy as far as their NHL careers are concerned. And now you have perhaps a, a style that might fit these guys even even more so than what it did in their first couple of years in the league or their first taste of it. Agreed. Jesus, that was dramatic pause by you. Was, uh, and were you just you absorbing all that? I was. Well, yeah. I was actually going to, I was, I was going to uh, chirp in with uh, one of the things, and, and you hate to be critical of the past administration because they did what they had to do. Uh, but that was one of the feelings I had as they waded into games like they waded into the water and waited for the temperature and waited for the other team to do something. And then they sort of reacted to it. And, and I hadn't really even thought about it much till you brought up the point. Uh, I do think this team is going to be very aggressive from the start. Yeah. And they're going to try and dictate games. And, and I think that's important. Yeah. I, again, it's just, it's a different mindset. And I, I understood the other one too, like it, you know, that would that got Dave Tippett's Arizona Coyote teams to conference finals. If yeah, you want to look at it, where you know you hold the game basically underwater for a period. <laughs> uh, you you maybe take things over a little bit in the second period. Uh, get get yourself on the board, get a lead or something like that, and then you lock it down in the third. I mean that that was a pretty good recipe for a lot of teams. Yeah. Um, now from, from, uh, why don't they come out and just, you know, kick the other team right in the berries in the first period? It seems like you could. And look, we always say this in in the, the thing you have to mention along with it is for the most part, Rope Hints and Robo and Joe Pavelski did that. (laughs) They, they did start games, especially at home. Exactly like that. Like they yep. came out and scored immediately. Second shift of the game, they scored all the time. But there was my issue, issue, whatever, observation, let's call it that, was more that 
there, there was never a sustaining of that. You know, like it was like them, yeah. and then and then and then it was like nothing would happen for shift, and then a shift, and then a shift, and then oh, they would come again, and then you know, so there yeah. was there was never that waves aspect to how they were approaching it. We haven't we haven't seen that really for a while, and. And uh, that I think they're gonna if they follow through on what they want to be that that's what they will be. Where four lines will all play, four lines will all get after it. The accelerator will be through the floor, and it, I mean it's a taxing way of playing. I was thinking of this too, Mike, because you know you and I go back to long ago, um, <laughs> petrified forest and what have you. The I, I think of those old those old great hitch teams of the of the 90s and their get after it was mostly on the four check right like yeah. like they were they were just a menace on the four check but it was so taxing on those forwards to play that system because it was a ton of skating you hear then you got to be there and it was physical and there was all this stuff right and hard 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 yeah and but but it was at that <laughs> it was that once the puck was in that end it was it was forcing the opposition to make mistakes Yes, and and at its uh, you know outset here as we begin w- with uh, Pete DeBoer, it seems like it's it's more it, it, the ignition is more back in their own zone, where th- their breakouts create a ton of speed through the middle of the rink that that area where the logo is, and then with that they back people off and make plays and and create offense from that. Does that sound crazy? No. And in fact, in my opinion, that's what Lindy's teams did. And they were a little more risky than you probably want. But they had some skilled defensemen back in the day, and they had some speedy wingers. And uh, I always equated it to throwing the long ball in football. It doesn't matter if you complete them all. You know, the simple fact that you're throwing that pass loosens up the defense. Yeah, the the change, I talked to a few guys that played for uh, Lindy Ruff here too about it yesterday, and they they were like, yeah, there, there's some similarities in, in in it, but I mean they hung goalies out to dry a little bit. Oh yeah, with, with, with that they they just they just did. Um, I, I think they'll be a a little more conscious of their own net and and defending. Again, I get back to they're not going to be third in the league in offense and 27th in goals against they're not that's not what they're going to no. be that a more balance to it okay the uh the other side of it then anything got you a little bit squirmy queasy uh the one thing would be i don't know why they can't score goals at times but uh they put themselves in great position this has been a problem for the last couple of years uh i mean you can but go they haven't back played a to, game yet mike i so dennis Garyanov looks very light, looks very excited and happy. I think he had nine shots on goal in one game and he still can't find the twine. Tyler hits, you know, whatever, anything but the back of the net. Um, so that is a little bit of a concern because right. we've seen it before. Hey, look, I asked the question. I'll, I'll give you the floor. You, there it is. Yeah, That's there. my answer. All right. Is that, is I, that, I am. I'm nervous that they can't convert their great yeah. scoring chances. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's there. I mean, yeah, it, it. I I understand. I I would say this uh, from my list. It's easier to rein in, and 
let me say this differently. It, it's easier to kind of um, herd or corral a loose group and organize them defensively than it is to open up and ask for scoring. Yes. Would you agree with that? Or is that yeah, another it's hard to, nutty it's really hard statement to score from Razor? In the NHL. No, Razor is very smart on this one. I think he is. Uh, uh, he is a genius. It's hard to score. And and so then you got to go do it. The other interesting thing about Pete DeBoer's teams is they typically outshoot the opposition by about five shots a game. And if you do that enough, then some of those pucks are going to find their way in. Oh, that's like foreshadowing to uh, another topic in today's explosive Podman rush. <laughs> but the other thing that I'm always concerned about when you're trying to do two things at once, and that is introduce young guys and also get the most that you can out of the ultra old guys is that you end up being a little too yeasty and moldy. It's the yeasty moldy conflux where you have, you know, 19 year olds and 39 year olds. And look, you and I have both seen it where it works beautifully. And the, you know, the older, the young guys learn on the fly from the older guys and the older guys get invigorated by the, the influx and injection of youth and and I I believe in a lot of that too, but it has to congeal a little bit and and fairly quickly. Uh, Feel like other- I'm listening to Bill Nye's science guy. <laughs> <laughs> the yeasty, moldy uh, conflux it has to congeal. Yeah. Well, show this to your mom. Lay it. I'm a color man, not an analyst. <laughs> uh, the the uh, the other the other thing I'll mention just quickly. Let, let's say they finish fourth in the central. Fourth in the central might not be good, right? I think fourth would be fine. I, I Do don't see the Pacific. Yeah, I don't see the okay. Pacific putting five teams in. Right. Um, but I will say that I worry about fifth. Uh, you know, and I think the battle could be to fifth and maybe even to six, uh, all I fighting think, for those top uh, four uh, spots. Top three. I think they're a top three. All right. I agree. There. You need to be a top three team. That's to, that's the easiest way to get in the playoffs. I'm making them a top three team on my list. All right. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I have yet to really fully flesh out my Wyatt Johnston um, profile. Mm-hmm. I, I sure like a lot of what the kid brings. He'll be a teenager uh, when he plays his first NHL game. And did you know this, Mike? And I believe I have this correct. And I put in the hours of scouring the Dallas Stars media guide, which is a thick compendium of all things Stars franchise. And I believe he's the the first ever Wyatt (laughs) in Stars history. They have never had a. They have never. Isn't it though? That's this is the stuff people demand to know. <laughs> he I can see how that's going to make a huge difference. He is the first ever Wyatt to <laughs> suit up for the stars. Well, now my whole opinion has changed. Yeah, top that with your youth injection. Why don't you? Uh I'm pretty excited for him though and and uh it you know hey Youth is youth is fun, man. It's fresh. It's new, especially uber talented youth. Yes. So we'll we'll see. And again, you know, Pete P. 
Pete said it the other day. He's not the only coach that said this with all us media wags sitting around going, oh, here's your roster. It's like the, the, the opening day roster set. It reminds me a little bit of, uh, you know, overemphasizing the starting lineup for a hockey game. You know, it's not the NBA. They're not going to be out there for 40 minutes as a group of five. They're going to be out there for 40 seconds, and then a new group of five is coming out. So the starting goaltender, yes, because he's going to be out there all game unless he sucks. And the the starting roster, how much tumult are we going to see in starting rosters again this year, right? Correct. Yeah, and – you know, it's the next step. It would be interesting. I'm I'm always just fascinated to see these young guys get challenged. Uh, another step, another another platform to reach. And how many times, and I can remember as a player, man, the preseason, you feel like, yeah, you know, I got a handle on this. I think you, you, you got this now. I feel like I, I, I belong here in that. And then the regular season hits. And it's like, whoa. That's a different pace. That's yep. a different intensity. And, uh, you know, some guys raise their game and, and match it and continue on and have, have a great rookie season. And, and some guys just get absolutely run over. So, Yeah, I like, I like Pete's language so far. Uh, basically, he said this is a start for Wyatt Johnston. Now that doesn't guarantee that he'll be on the roster the whole year. There's that nine-game tryout, and, you know, if he, if he has to get sent back, he gets sent back. Uh, he was asked about Jacob Peterson today, and he said, you know, I thought he was average, and yeah. he needs to be better. And, yeah. you know, he's, he's talked about the players are going to control whether they get on the power play, whether they get on the penalty kill, whether they get in the lineup. And I like that. I like that. You know, I mean, he's very direct about it. Like, if you want to do something, then do it. Show us that you deserve to be in the lineup. And that's important, I think. Yeah, you can see why he's had good teams, because I think most athletes just want to be told the truth. Yes. You know, they, they don't want things candy. They want a chance, and he's talked a lot about that. You know, you don't want to come in and, and at the end of a training camp they have the meeting, the exit meeting with them, and, and it's like, well, you didn't do that. And you're like, well, I, you gave me one preseason game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's an honesty and there's an accountability. I always heard that about DeBoer. That he holds everybody. doesn't matter whether you're a young guy, veteran guy, you're held accountable. And uh, I appreciate that. I love that in a, in a coach. Not, not to say that others, you know, <laughs> just yeah. let the inmates run the asylum because it's not – it's not that way, but I, I act absolutely am in lockstep with you in listening to him. And you're like, yeah, yeah, no, there's no dance around it. Hide this candy coat, but he's not burying a player. No, either. He's just know? very like, matter of fact. About yes. It. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is what it is. Grow up. All of you. Yeah. A uh, guy that grew <laughs> up in uh, the Stanley cup playoffs in the spring is our big target, Jake Ottinger. He, him. This is a new thing they say out there now, Mike. Is he him? He, he's he, him. And uh, I think it was Saad. Was it Saad Yusuf that had that wonderful article? Was it Athletic? Yes. Yes. Yes, the Athletic and Saad. Uh, did a stellar piece on, on Jake and his summer and training and his low handicap on the golf course. Uh, look, he's going to be asked – along with 
with Wedgwood to make more high grade saves than last season, but hopefully nowhere near as many as he had to in the playoffs in game seven. <laughs> right. Uh, here, so here's, here's something, uh, I, I grabbed this some from something called all hockey culture. That was the source of it. I don't want to, uh, make it seem like I just came out of, out of the blue with this. Uh, it was uh, somebody else did the work. <laughs> I love that. But, and this surprised me a little bit in, in today's NHL, and especially with a lot of movement of of goaltenders. Man, there was a ton of movement of goaltenders oh this summer, gosh. huh? Yeah. So here it is. 13 of the past 17 Stanley Cup champs drafted their starting netminder. Wow. That's really I, interesting. That's exactly what I said. And then they yeah. they had the list of them. And you're like, man, yeah, because you free, you know, that Holpe and Jonathan Quick and all these guys. When you, you know, Vasilevsky, now they're all they're, they're their team's draft picks. Yep. And you know, we go back to when the Stars won their cup, and it was uh, you know, Brodeur was was a homegrown guy, but Patrick Waugh was onboarded, Eddie Belfour was onboarded, Dominic Hasek was onboarded. He wasn't a draft pick of the Sabers, like. It you have you have to create your own guy. I remember how many years did the L.A. Kings go searching for a starting goaltender, like a, a decade worth of an elite starting goaltender, and they could just never do it. They drafted guys, yeah. they signed guys, they traded for guys, uh, and then along came Jonathan Quick, and surprise, surprise, a couple of cups followed yeah. suit. It's interesting looking at that, too, because like you look at the Oilers or the Maple Leafs or, you know, and they're rotating attempts to try and get the right goalie yeah. from somebody from somebody yes. else. And you're like, huh, well, maybe they should uh, just draft one. Yeah. Seems simple, doesn't it? Draft it's hard to develop. find the right one. <laughs> uh, well, but speaking Drake, of guys, I agree with you. <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of the other end of, of things with with scores and you brought up Tyler Sagan earlier. So does health and style of play and pedigree and maybe a chip on his broader shoulders, he's added some muscle, does all of that propel him to his best season since that 40-goal year? I think it will. Yes, I agree with you. I mean, if you just look at it on paper, everything is in place for him to have a successful season. You know, and it would be really interesting, too, if what he learned last year as he adjusted his game to whatever limitations he had because of the surgeries, uh, if that actually helps him. You know, if, if he comes back and he still can score on the rush, which I think the opportunity will be there this year, if he can score on the one-timer, that'd be great. But maybe he does get around the net now, you know, because he did last year. Maybe he has a different club in his bag that he can use, and then he goes back to the old clubs, too. Wow, that's a rock-solid golf metaphor by you. Way to go. <laughs> I, I was talking to Jake earlier, and he gave me that. Oh, okay. Well, the stolen you shot a 71, then. you know. I know. I shot 78. Wow. Not there, but <laughs> I stopped after 14 holes, too. He, here, here's my, here's my big, my big uh, stat on, on Tyler, okay? 
just stop down. I wish I, I had some kind of music for this because it's Razorlytics. It's my own analytics that I come up with. Mostly just math. Okay, he needs to shoot more. Okay. First and foremost. go. Last year, he averaged 2.7 shots per game. We tabulate shots in the NHL. It's so goofy. You have to hit the net, a shot on net. You know, the goalie has to deal with it. Uh, if you shoot and hit the post or you shoot and hit the glass, shoot and hit the boards, shoot and hit a shin pad, doesn't count as a shot, which is asinine. Agreed. Anyway, it's how they it's how they do it. So 2.7 shots per game last year was the lowest since his rookie season. He should average about four, somewhere around that, 3.8, 3.8. Nine, four point one, something like that. So if if he if he could do that, and if he could raise his shooting percentage by just a point, or by a point and a half, or something like that. So last year he was eleven percent shooter, which isn't terrible. No, his his big issue last year for me was that he wouldn't shoot enough or couldn't shoot enough. Correct. So if if he, you he lost confidence. Oh, there's a bold statement from Mike Heike right there. I was in his head. I knew. Okay. So if he gets 3.7 shots per game, I don't know how you get a 0.7 shot per game, but in the end you can do it instead of 2.7. And he shoots 12% instead of 11%. He'll score 36 goals next year or this year. And everyone would be tickled with 36 from Tyler, right? Heck yes. Yeah. And that is, that is some solid math. That's Razorlytics, Michael. That's what that is. And it makes it it makes it seem very doable. How about that? And I think well even uh Jim Nil mentioned something to that effect but pertaining to wins at, yes. at the conclusion of last season where it was like, you know, you just add a win a month in there. And the whole complexion of where you sit at the end of the year and how comfortable you are and who you play in the first round and all these things takes a different shape. Just one win. Yep. Well, what was it last year? The shootout differential. It's crazy. Two we, years ago, they were terrible. Hockey's in the crazy, shootout. Mike. It is crazy. Yeah, they got uh, better. Two years Not, ago, yeah, you're right. Yeah, go ahead. And then they right. made the playoffs. As yeah. I said, they went from terrible to shootout to good at the shootout, and they made the playoffs instead of missing the playoffs. Yeah, and, and you know, Pete DeBoer comes in, and they were terrible at the shootout at the end of the season, and they missed the playoffs. Yep. Skills competition. At times, but again, it's it's a little bit of everything. I mean, if if you take care of the other things, then maybe you don't go to the shootout as often. Wow. Michaelitics. <laughs> Uh, it, I mentioned this too about Tyler. I asked him, I asked him, uh, I asked Pete about, uh, Tyler and he brought up, I, th I think this is a pretty good model. He brought up, uh, Matt Duchesne of the Preds who they're going to see here twice yep. to open the season. And, uh, you know, you look at his Renaissance with Nashville and I, I think that is the potential that Tyler has. I mean, prior to last year, people were looking at Matt Duchesne a completely different way than they are heading into this season after, what, 46 goals last year? Yeah. Yeah. 
And they all had just insane shooting percentages a year ago. The top end of the Nashville Predators. I don't know whether they had bigger nets in Nashville or <laughs> how that worked. Uh, used white pucks, but their shooting percentage was nuts. All those guys. Yeah. That'd be good. Shooting percentage is so much fun. They need to change that. <laughs> Uh, the, yes, cent- the, the central division uh, is a it's a division of absolute extremes. Now, did yes. you know this, Michael, and all of you Podman Rush lovers out there? Two of the last four Cup champs come from the central division. Huh. Four of the last five Western Conference champions come from the central. The reigning Stanley Cup champion resides in the central division Hmm. and two teams that are likely going to sink into the abyss (laughs) and vie for Connor Bedard also reside in the division. That, that is, that is the different ends of the spectrum, Mike. It's the first time I think we've had in the central too. I don't, I don't remember any team being just horrible in recent years. Um, even Arizona, you know, has been competitive, Yeah, uh, but, but both Chicago and Arizona look like teams that are going to struggle. Yeah. Yeah. Which is welcome when you try. Yes, indeed. And then you put the Patrick Kane trade, which I think you almost have to in Chicago and it could even get worse for them there. Or better. Depends on which way you're looking (laughs) at it. (laughs) Yeah. I guess depends on what you add. I mean, they became the Stanley Cup champion Blackhawks by being putrid. Uh, you don't yes. get great players without having at least a year or two of just garbage. Um, that's the that's the beauty and the curse of the cap world. Uh, so the path to the twenty twenty three playoffs for our little D stars. Give us. A, a three-step program, four-step. I don't care how many steps you have in your program, but give me a program. <laughs> <laughs> give me a program that gets them into the playoffs. Uh, one, obviously, win games within your division. Uh, the teams, to me, other than Colorado, are kind of in a big jumble. And so the best way to distance yourself or at least put yourself in a place where you can get in is – beat the teams that you're vying with, Um, you know, and they're going to start right off with Nashville, Nashville, Winnipeg. Uh, So win games like that or, you know, go two and one instead of one and two. Uh, I think that's a huge key. Head Uh, to head, we'll call that. Head to head, head, Heike. (laughs) Two, be good in the shootout again. Uh, I think they've got some players who are very good at that. It's silly. It is a skills competition, but hey, they give points for it. And at the end of the season, no, they don't. No, don't go plural. <laughs> they only give one point. They give one point. You only get but one. Over the span of a season, you can collect eight, ten points that you might not otherwise have. True. And that's huge. And it's plural. Points. And it is plural. Yeah. Uh, so it's just a two-step system right now. You oh, know, really? Otherwise, play. Wow. Play well. I just, to make the playoffs, you got, I mean, obviously Pete's system has to kick in. You, you need to outshoot the opposition. You need to, you know, be a good puck possession team. Your, your goaltending needs to be great. There's a lot of stuff going on. Oh my God. Now it's a 10 step program. That's yeah. You know, I like your, I like your simple two step. Yeah. It's a Texas two step, Mike. There you go. That's what it is. Mike Heike's 
Texas two-step to the 2023 Stanley Cup playoffs. Beat those dang teams you're playing against. The Minnesota Win shootouts, even if you blow a team out, somehow get into the shootout. <laughs> Find a way, lose. And pound the teams in your division. There you go. To hell with all the other ones against the Eastern Conference <laughs> and the Pacific. They Nobody mean cares nothing. about those. No. <laughs> okay. I, they need a, a decent start to the season. Yes. I, I don't want to put too much pressure on the beginning. I, I think they're going to do that internally. They're going to focus on it, which is good. I, I like that. I like sticking that out in front of their noses. But, you know, they, they're con- it's a pretty seismic little change with a new coaching staff coming in and, and it's not an easy league. So, and they got a lot of road games, uh, to begin this season. So, uh, but if they can, man, does that ever jumpstart your, your campaign? If you can have a phenomenal start. Number two, Otter backs up his scintillating Stanley cup playoff show. They, they, I'm not worried about it. I'm just saying that's a step. Mike. Yes, that's yeah. You yeah. need it. Don't roll your eyes at me. <laughs> Number three, and this is a biggie for me. No sharp diagonal lines for the scores. Do you know what that means? Mm, up uh, north and south. This is an old. This is an old school. Uh, Razor Domus chart. It's not quite the bubble graph of of today's youth. But if you take basically cap friendly, if you, if you take the salaries, right? Yes. And and you just put them all in order on one side of the ledger, and then you put their point scoring or goals, whatever you want to do, their production on the other side. If you're drawing fairly parallel lines between the two, you're going to have a good season. You're going you're going to have a great season. If you yeah. start drawing real diagonal lines between pay and production, it, it can be a struggle. So I want I want a lot of I want a lot of straight lines, close to straight lines, maybe at the most a like a forty five degree angle, up down, something like that. What do you think yeah. of that little theory? Uh, it's a it's a good one. I think there are exceptions. I think Rope hints. Hopefully we'll have an uptick on his line. And I think Jamie can still be a very um, complimentary player, even if he has a little bit of a downtick on his line. Uh, but that'll all balance out, I think. And I do think, for the most part, you're right. I mean, if a Jason Robertson's going to make what he makes now, he needs to continue to produce. Uh, if uh, Tyler level. is going to make what he makes, he needs to produce. Level lines. And, Level lines. Yeah, level lines. I'm with yeah. you. There's a couple, I think, that are going to be a little bit skewed. Uh, but I think if one goes oh. up and one goes down, it'll balance out. Oh, hey. I mean, every now and then you're going to get a couple of those ones that go from way down here on the left to way up there on the right. Those are also right. good. Like last Robertson year. Robertson had that last year. <laughs> number one in the league. Number one in the league. Did you know that? I did not. It, there, was a, there was a thing out there called points per dollar or something like that. Or goals sounds like a game show or something. Goals <laughs> per dollar of production. He was he was number one in the league and bang for the buck, if you will. Yep, that and makes sense. Newcomer Mason Marchment was in the top ten with that. He's going to have to have a real good year to make sure he stays in the top 
10. Both of them yeah. will well, in, in order to pay that one off. So anyway, uh, we're almost to 50 minutes because we have a clock on this thing now. I like uh, that. Prediction time. You ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Me point. or you? Points. Points. I'm gonna. Point. I'm gonna. I'm gonna dive into this one immediately. Okay. I believe they will be a triple-digit team again, finally. Uh, and I've got them at 103 points. That seems fair. You had them at 103. You want to go that. with the same I, number? I was gonna. Well, I was well. I was gonna go with 100. Um, but I, I'm with you. I, I do think they will improve. Uh, my biggest fear is that the transition to Pete's system will take a little while. Uh, but yeah, but I, what I if it gets they, going to where they can't lose a game, Mike? Well, then then now you're talking 113, 115. You might be. You might. That be. would be great. I and mean, I look at Minnesota last year. Nobody thought they were going to be a 113-point team, and boom, there yep. they go. So it could happen to Dallas. Yep. Uh, the fin they're, they're finished. Where were they finished in the central? I have them third. I have them fourth. Okay. Mine's better. Here's it. Uh, big push on defensemen and the most significant player for the stars in that position. And really in, in general, uh, is probably going to be Miro Haskinen and how, much can he expand his offensive weaponry uh, here? And I'm calling it, I said this from, from day one of training camp, if, if defensemen were green-lighted, and people I think forget a little bit, like Rick Bonus came in and, and really harped on that, getting the defense more involved in, in the attack, and, and, uh, and it paid off swimmingly in the bubble. So if they if they if they were greenlit back then and with him, then I'm calling this victory greenlit. <laughs> they are victory greenlit defensemen to go and encourage to hit green lights and give her, if you will. And Miro's the guy. So Miro, where where do you have him for points? Just throw one out there. In a perfect world, I think he's 55 to 60 points. And I think that's very doable for him, uh, even though I think, what is his high, 37, 38? Yeah. Uh, now, those were in limited seasons because of COVID and everything. But um, I don't think that's asking too much of him. Uh, you know, when Yossi had, what, 90 last year or whatever? <laughs> um, you know, then that's ridiculous. But, but John was a 50-point guy. And that was in the systems that he was operating in. So Miro could actually technically go to 70 or whatever if he wants to be in the conversation for the, for the um, yeah. Norris. Um, yeah. But I, I think it's a stepping stone. And he'll get to those 70s later. Uh, but if he could get to 50, 55, I think that'd be a great year for him. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see just because he's a real unselfish guy. Yes. And in order to get into that realm, I think there has to be a more selfish approach. And, you know, he likes to defer. He'll make great things, but but he'll defer. And if he gets a more aggressive mindset and a, a little more selfish with it, because he can be so magical, man. He's such a fluid, special player. Great shot. Uh, sees things that others don't see. 
I I I think he can chase seventy. So I think. I mean, if you look at the bubble, he had what was it, twenty five and twenty six games or something like that. Yeah, I got. And it was a different. It was a weird thing, but I mean, he did it in the a quarter of a season, basically. Yeah, I got him. I got him in the high sixties to inched into the seventies. Seventy one is my 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 governor, my glass ceiling. (laughs) Uh, And goals, goals, individuals, collectives. I think there are going to be lots of twenty and thirty goal scores. Lots might not be the right word, but I think there'll be way more in, in like those that. areas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about the March- top end of the individual. I just think there's going to be a more than a smattering of 20 and 30 goal scores. Yeah. If you look at Marchment, Tyler, Jamie, and those are guys in that category. Uh, Rope is probably, you know, a 30 goal scorer. You hope that Robertson can continue where he was. Joe, uh, there's another one. I mean, so they, they really do have a lot of candidates to be in that group. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. It, we got this paved to be a spectacular season, Mike. <laughs> Look at us, the Panglossian twins. And there you uh, go. Yeah. Anything else? We're out of here. That's it. Yeah. I'm this not gonna, clock I'm not has gonna, got me all I know, worried. I'm looking at it right now. I'm going like, uh, yeah, you'd better not pull the Columbo this time. Well, I was thinking if we got it in under 55 and we're at 53, we're doing great. So I'll finish it. I'm, I'm just looking forward to real games and – you and I have talked about it before, how how fresh and intriguing new staffs can be yes. to to this. Because you, you just don't know, and, and uh, you're eager to learn and watch and see and, and uh, comment. I, I, I love this part of it. I hate the first game of the year because there's just so much statistical hooey all built up in that. But once you get past game number one, then it's hockey and it's on and it comes, you know, three, four days a week. Uh, it's, it's just the greatest. It's the greatest. It's thing. organic. And, and I'll leave with this then. We'll get out under 55. However it goes, I think we all need to remember this, Mike. It's the journey, not the destination. You know, that's the beauty <laughs> of, of sport. Oh, shush. The beauty, the beauty of sports is the emotional roller coaster of unscripted, competitive <laughs> entertainment. That's what it is, Mike. I don't want to be sitting there on the last day of the season hoping for one point, Daryl. Get me there early. That's exactly what they want, Mike. That's exactly what they want. They want, want every game and every point to mean something. It's true. And I'm with you. If they're in... In late December, I'm all for that. (laughs) And we are out. You've been listening to the Podman Rush with Daryl Razor Ray, an official production of the Dallas Stars. To stay up to date on all things stars, visit DallasStars.com or download the official NHL app today. Go Stars! Ben shoots, rebound, score! Stars fans. Make DallasStars.com your only place for team news from veteran beat reporter Mike Heike. Exclusive behind-the-scenes content, highlights, and more. Good save. Was it ever. 
What a shot. Plus, DallasStars.com is your one-stop shop to purchase verified tickets. Cheer on your favorite team all season long. Get in the game and visit DallasStars.com today. It's a walk-off winner.